When I was about six years old, I enrolled in Irish dancing lessons with my sister and my brother. I was very excited to learn how to dance. I wanted to impress others and show off my skills as a charismatic Irish dancer, a lord of the dance. I remember confidently walking into the dance studio with my mom, my sister, and my brother. I thought, I'm a natural. And I was sure that I would impress everyone around me with my raw talent. On the first day of dancing, the first lesson we had was skipping to warm up, to prepare. When I heard that we were going to skip, that we would need to skip, I thought to myself, skipping? This is easy. Of course I know how to skip. So I prepared to start skipping. And I started to jump and slide my feet along the floor quickly became clear that I was not actually skipping, but limping like an enthusiastic zombie. As soon as I realized I couldn't skip, as soon as I realized that I couldn't do it, my pride was wounded and I gave up. I was challenged. My expectations for myself and my experience in Irish dancing was destroyed. My mom, being a good mom, tried to convince me that I just needed a little bit of practice. When the going got tough, I abandoned my dreams of learning how to Irish dance, and I walked away sad. Now, this story is a little goofy, and I still haven't succeeded in my dream of learning how to Irish dance. I can hardly move my arms when I dance, let alone my legs. But we can compare my failed attempt at Irish dancing with the young rich man's experience when he desired to follow Jesus. The man wanted to follow Jesus to live a life of righteousness, but he wanted to follow Jesus on his own terms. When the man asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He is already confident that it will be easy or that he will not have to change or sacrifice for the sake of following Christ. Jesus then lists the Ten Commandments. And the man replies enthusiastically saying that, he has been observing the Ten Commandments since he was a young man. In his mind, he's already pretty much following Christ. He's just, Lord, sign me up. I've been doing this for years. Of course I know how to do this. It's easy. I can do it blindfolded. This is what the man is comfortable with. He already knows that he can follow these commands. The young man is confident that he can follow Christ as he is. He is confident that he can skip. Jesus then surprises the man and the crowd as well and challenges his expectations of what it means to live a righteous life when he calls him to sell his possessions and follow Christ. This challenges the young man since he is materially wealthy. He has many good things. He's probably well supported, a good job, lots of financial wealth, maybe some clout with people. He has many things. Jesus is asking him to relinquish his worldly wealth in the pursuit of faith and righteousness. Jesus is asking the man to give up his earthly riches for the sake of heavenly and spiritual wealth. Notice that Jesus does not force the young man to give up his wealth, but tells him that if the man is to follow him, he must give up his riches. The man is now faced with a choice, to live as one who is of the world, or to follow Christ as a disciple. In the end, the man chooses his wealth over discipleship. He is unable to part with his material goods 
and it is therefore and is therefore unable to uh, choose a greater good in faith. In making this decision, the man walks away sad. And the crowd, you can see, is baffled, wondering why would Jesus reject him? Why would he tell him to get rid of something that God probably blessed him with? When he says that it's easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle instead of a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, they're probably questioning some things. Because during Jesus' time, Jewish society saw it as a blessing, a sign of God's grace if one was wealthy, if they were uh, in, in good standing in society, that they were well, well respected, they had a good job, that they didn't have any ailments. If you were poor, if you were sick, if you had any kind of uh, long-standing bad reputation, it was seen as someone who was unrighteous. Whereas if you were wealthy, if you were rich, it's shown like that you were loved by God, that God saw you as a righteous person. So when God challenges this, he's saying that, no, your glory is not here in this world. If you were going to follow me and be righteous, you must abandon those things that link you to this world, that hold you down, that keep you from following me, break those chains and accept true discipleship. And again, this is a choice in freedom, not something that can be forced, something that must be seen, the good of following Christ as a disciple, taken up and endured. The reality of discipleship is not easy. This is the true nature of what it means to follow Christ as his disciples. It is an invitation and it is a sacrifice. We are called to follow Christ by detaching ourselves from earthly things. However, this idea also extends past just wealth, but applies to the challenges of living according to a Catholic creed. In following Christ, I freely choose to take on the teachings of Christ and the Catholic Church. I cannot add conditions to my faith or live out my faith in a lukewarm or mediocre manner. Our faith is like a pilgrimage. We are constantly moving. Any pilg- anyone who's gone on a pilgrimage knows that day by day there are many challenges, difficulties. Getting up and continuing to move requires energy, effort, and intention. We must be intentional about our discipleship and about our faith. When I am discouraged or when I encounter suffering or challenges, I do not abandon my faith or walk away from my creed. True faith is deeper than earthly riches. True discipleship endures through any and all challenges and sufferings. Faith is not easy, and it's not comfortable, at least not in the earthly sense, that we will be challenged in our faith. And if we're not challenged, we're not really living it out. There are constant challenges to who we are, to grow in our relationship with the Lord, and to grow into that person, that disciple God made us to be. Considering this, I encourage us to look and see where we stand with our discipleship of Christ. I suggest we reflect on the things that prevent us from truly following Christ 100% without conditions. Is it material wealth, things that, like the young rich man, prevent me from living a life devoted to Christ in faith? Do I seek fame and recognition in this life over the glory of sainthood? Do I put my faith in people or things more than I do in Christ. And finally, is there anything that Jesus asks of me in faith that challenges me and prevents me from saying, yes, Lord, I desire to follow you. Yes, Lord, anything. Yes, Lord, I am with you. You show me the way and I'm there. In considering these questions, we seek to confront difficult truths 
and grow in our discipleship of Christ on faith, in faith so that we do not walk away sad, but continue our journey with Christ rejoicing. Amen.